Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jonathan All. For the first time in franchise history, the St. Louis Blues are the NHL champions and brought home the Stanley Cup. Blues fans everywhere are rejoicing today as their team won their first NHL championship in franchise history, and they've brought the Stanley Cup to St. Louis. Joining me in studio to talk about it are St. Louis Public Radio reporters Wayne Pratt and Rachel Littman, and St. Louis Blues superfan Dennis Minner, who watched last night's Game 7 from what might be the greatest shrine to the Blues, which is in his basement in O'Fallon, Missouri. Wayne, Rachel, and Dennis, welcome to the program. Thanks. I have never been so happy to be running on three and a half hours of sleep. <laughs> so, Dennis, I, I will start with you. What was it like for your team to do it? It's still like a dream. I, I mean, I'm still kind of pinching myself. Um, it just doesn't seem like reality. Uh, at the beginning of the season, if you would have said we would be here, oh, I think all of us thought that. But then fast forward that to January 2nd, January 3rd, and we're last in the entire NHL. Um, I think like most, I think we had just about given up. So it's just a, it's an unbelievable feeling. I mean, it really is. It's almost dreamlike. Let's go back to January then. Last place, uh, rookie goaltender who bounced around, yeah. didn't find a home, Interim head coach likes this rookie goaltender, <laughs> brings him in. It had all of the recipe for we're rebuilding. <laughs> what what do you think happened with this team? And what as from a fan perspective, what do you think was the difference in making yeah. that huge turnaround? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing was I, I think literally at the beginning of the season, I think it really was built. Uh, now, now taking out Peruvi and taking out mm-hmm. you know uh, Bennington. Uh, the beginning of the season, it, it was built for for a cup contender, um, and and I'm not sure where the disconnect happened, but somewhere from the locker room to the practice to the actual play, there was an absolute disconnect. And then when Yo was taken out, uh, all of a sudden, I, th- I think Baruby had that kind of that fight in him. That's what he was known for, as you know, in the enforcer when he played, and I think he brought that. And all of a sudden, the forechecking and everything. I don't want to diss Jake Allen, uh, but most of us as fans have questioned Jake Allen the last three years. You know, he's been up and down. So I think at that point it was almost just uh, the dice was being rolled on Bennington, and it was kind of like, let's see what happens. And uh, as we know, it, it worked out, and he is this this hidden gem that absolutely no one knew about. Now, in a lot of professional sports, a little less so in hockey, but in a lot of professional professional sports, there's this attitude of either you go for it or you tank on purpose for draft picks and save money. I'm wondering if this turnaround from last place in January to winning the Stanley Cup, do you think that changes the algebra for ownership and management of the Blues or any other hockey team? You know, you always hear that, and I kind of buy that into being part of conspiracy theories, you know, a lot of times. <laughs> uh, am I going to say it's never happened in sports? No, but but I can tell you, you know, I, I know enough of the alumni players and, and some of the current players to know that I don't care if they're in last place or not, when you are playing on that level – you do not want to continue to get embarrassed. Now, what goes on behind the scenes on a corporate level may be a different story. 
But I know from a player's perspective, they are playing with the ultimate pride, whether they're in last place or first place. Um, let's, uh, uh, Wayne, uh, noted Canadian and hockey buff. Um, you, <laughs> resident hockey Canadian re- re- Resident hockey and expert. And he was in Minner Arena last And he was night. in Minner Arena. It was a Great time. So what was your take on this team from maybe a, a, a slightly dispassionate point of view? <laughs> from the beginning of the season or yeah. the whole thing? Yeah. Uh, I was really surprised where they were in early January because I thought this team was really built for the playoffs and it was just a question of getting in there. Mm-hmm. Um, their defensemen are huge. And that's always a big thing in the playoffs, to have huge defensemen. And when they need to go up the ice and rush, they have the capability to do that as well. It made me think that Mike Yo, who was the former head coach, I think he's a good North Bay, Ontario boy, but we'll double check that. that <laughs> Went to college we'll in North Google Bay. Um, I think he lost the dressing room. He lost the players. Uh, Doug Armstrong heard footsteps. He's the guy who makes all the decisions. Um, he was probably going to be... Uh, losing a job the way things were going, uh, um, and he, he guessed right with Barubi, and that turned it around. I think the key thing was Barubi showing confidence in Bennington, and then the team took off from there. And with a leader like Ryan O'Reilly, which what an acquisition that turned out mm-hmm. to be, it, it all just worked finally once those changes were made in late last year and took effect early this year. Obviously, there's the sports angle of this, but there's also the community angle to this. And Rachel, um, what, what, from your reporting on this, and what, what does this mean to the city of St. Louis and the surrounding area uh, for this to happen? I mean, this is just... A- I tweeted out last night of once the system finally let the video go through. Um, I was at Enterprise Center hanging out in the press box. They'd opened it up for a charity donation. You could come in and basically watch TV with 18,000 of your closest friends on the (laughs) scoreboard. There were no players there, and this place is going nuts. And that's what a friend of mine tweeted in response was, guys, there's no players on the ice. There were no players on the field at Bush Stadium, and 25,000 people are sitting in 65-degree weather and raining (laughs) and, you know, watching this game on a scoreboard at Bush Stadium. Again, no players on the field, no players on the ice. It just seemed to, for whatever reason, and, and maybe it is because it's the worst to first story, there's so many storylines in there. There's the worst to first, there's the interim head coach, there's the rookie, there's Layla, the young woman with the, um, uh, I think, an autoimmune disorder whose the team has sort of adopted and, and brought into the circle and, you know, really Who got to kiss the cup on the Who got to kiss the cup and went to Boston. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you have Pat Maroon, the guy coming home. There's just so many stories that I think people could seize on and see in the team what they wanted to see and, and cheer it on. I've I've had a friend tell me she's like, yeah, I'm I'm on the I'm on the bandwagon. You know, I didn't care about hockey up until and until now, and now I'm on the bandwagon. Do you think Rachel, considering where the city has been over the last five years, that this was really something the city needed and was waiting for, and really? galvanize the city this whole playoff I think so and it's interesting because you you think of of hockey and I don't know that you think of sort of equity social justice issues it's always been more of you know the blue collar league go out there play you don't hear about hockey players kneeling during the national anthem probably because a lot of them were not actually born in the United (laughs) States there is that factor in there exactly right right I think like what two Americans maybe yeah exactly (laughs) and but it it, you know and, and so in that way I think it was a not odd to me that it would be hockey that would capture the city. It's like not known for, especially with what the city is, has been through on that front over the last five years. But yeah, for whatever reason, just a, a, a group, yeah, the city just kind of came and and the again, the way it happened, people were able to see in the team what they wanted to see. You mentioned Pat Maroon, a St. Louis native, came back for less money 
to play with the St. Louis Blues. Here's what he had to say um, after the win last night. I just can't wait to party with St. Louis. The community, we all came together. The city came together. We reamped this city. The Blues did it, and I'm so proud of these guys. Now, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm wondering to what, what, what did, where St. Louis is right now in terms of sports with, you know, just a few years removed from the Rams uh, abandoning uh, the city, um, you know, being in large part a two-sport town. Um, does, it, does this Stanley Cup have more gravity here than it would in New York, Chicago, L.A., where there's a much more crowded sports scene and, um, and, and, and it, hockey is a little more of a cult following there than it might be here? Well, I, I think it's kind of part of maybe a little bit all of the above. Um, I think the whole thing, I've, I've been seeing a meme going around that says we've got a new Stan you know, referring to Stan Kroenke <laughs> and now the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I think that's been kind of an interesting spin on it. But I think, um, I think you know, this was a Disney movie. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, this is everything. And, and I can honestly say that whether win or lose last night, this was, this was a Disney movie. And just like you were saying, with, with all the social injustice and everything that our city has been hit on over the last few years, uh, the messages from, you know, white, black, Latino, everything that I was getting last night, I think has just been, um, look, if it's something we can help to do to unify the city, what a great opportunity. I think everyone should jump on that. And I think what, what you also had is you had, and, and you started seeing this just after Kroenke left. You saw the owners of the Cardinals and the Blues basically say, hey, yeah. we're here and we are here. Yeah. We are making the commitment to this team, we are making the commitment to this city. I had a colleague, Jason Rosenbaum, earlier today. You know, we were talking in the newsroom, and he said, "I covered the Rams leaving. I covered the debate over the upgrades to the Enterprise Center." And he said, "What was most jarring to him, just between those two, was the ownership team for the Rams never came out, never said anything." Uh, Tom uh, Tom Stillman, uh, Chris Zimmerman, they were out front making the case for the upgrades to the Enterprise Center, explaining why it needed to be done. They're a public face. The Cardinals, the Blues have formed this, you know, one nation, really emphasized by the Winter Classic, I think. And, you know, kind of proving we we are going to be here, root for us. We don't need, a you know, a, a, a owner that has is doing this just for the money. We are doing it for the city. And you saw that with Bush Stadium opening up for the watch party last night. I'm sure there were conversations that happened, you know, before that to lay the groundwork, but that was what, 24 hours maybe before game time? They said, yeah, hey, we're going to do this. And yeah. 25,000 show up there. It's, yeah. it's just and impressive. Again, 65 degrees and raining in June, and they're just like, we don't care. Let's do this. Let's party. Well, and I, th- I think part of that, too, was also what is allowing us to have the All-Star game coming in mm-hmm. this next season. I mean, it was because the NHL commissioner and, and the board saw that unity come together, and they thought, this is a great opportunity to utilize St. Louis as, you know, another pool for the NHL. The Winter Classic so. was absolutely an audition yep. for the All-Star absolutely. game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned um, the racial injustice issues and some of the strife that has gone on in the greater St. Louis area. Um, hockey fans stereotypically are not known as a diverse lot. Has that changed? I mean, has the St. Louis Blues helped to break through that barrier and, and get more diverse fan base than you typically see among hockey fans? I'm not sure how you can judge that. Uh, we'd like to think that they absolutely have, or at least are making inroads. But, but I think with, with almost everything, um, even what we do here in the media and in public media, we can do better. And I'm sure the Blues Brain Trust 
probably thinks that way. But there there have been inroads, at least I've seen them around my neighborhood and stuff, people who would be classified as minorities who have never put on a skate, have never picked up a stick. We're really into this over the last few weeks. I, I think maybe the real question will be, do you see children of color on skates with sticks learning how to play hockey someday in this town and and or more of them than are doing it right now that'll depend on how successful this team is going forward everybody loves a winner and that's really what it's all about sometimes when it comes to that well and the opportunity for them to do it as well well that's a good and, point and, and they're building more ice around here yeah more and, ice and, and then i think is the big thing is do they take this opportunity to be more visible in those communities so that they get interested in the game a lot of it is and this happens in baseball too is representation mm-hmm. if you don't see someone who looks like you out on the ice because the opportunities have been denied to them it's not been their sport it's been closed off to them you don't know that that is an opportunity so it's one thing to you know have the the parade and the rally at the gateway arch it's another thing to say how do you use the attention that's on the team to broaden the audience and the reach of the game let's go back to we were talking about the uh the rachel you mentioned the partnership between the cardinals and the blues that they seem to be working a lot together that they're doing joint promotions joint projects they're just generally (coughs) friendly with each other and you don't see that a lot in professional sports because they all tend to be competing for the same corporate dollars the same ad dollars so what, why did that happen? Was that a, pro, a, a project of the uh, – an, an outgrowth of the Rams leaving or, or what I, happened to make that symbiosis possible? I, I think that was definitely the, the major part of it. I mean the very next hockey game that happened after the Rams announced that they were leaving, you see the ownership of the Cardinals yep. wearing Blues jerseys and the owners of the Blues wearing Cardinal jerseys dropping a ceremonial puck. I mean, uh, right there declaring that, uh, again, it's united. And I think hands down, um, would that have happened without the NFL leaving? I really don't think that would have happened. What do you think, if we get a soccer team, if St. Louis gets a soccer team, how do you think that's going to change that dynamic? Or do you think it's something that can be built upon? I definitely think it's something that will be built upon. Um, I think right now, I think, you know, look, a lot of this goes down to the marketing dollars, just like you're saying. And I think that uh, the sports team, uh, the soccer team is going to try to piggyback off that. I mean, they would be crazy not to try to jump on board with that. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? I- well, I, I think it comes down to the the proposed location for the soccer mm-hmm. team is basically going to build. Uh, what can be classified as a sports corridor mm-hmm. in that part of the city. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I, I think that will go a long way, and that will probably force isn't the right word, but uh, this this cooperative effort we're talking about, the two teams now, I think you'll see the third probably squeeze in there, so to speak, right. just because of where it is, and that will probably attract businesses and more people down to that area. and. and that should help the city, in theory. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Dennis is right. They'd be an idiot not to capitalize on what this, the you know, these two teams have managed to build and do. And you know, the the players are going to each other's games. You've seen Yachty and Wayno at how many of the games? I I honestly think, not really. You know, it, it, you wouldn't be. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they got in um, in a, uh, the Cardinals' years the night of Game Six of the uh, Western Conference, and we're like, "Hey, guys, can we just? You know, the weather looks really good tomorrow. Can we just go watch this game and, and clinch? And you know, I, was it probably actually because of severe weather? Yes. Is it right. nice to believe that Yachty and Wayne are in the ears of them going, "Hey, guys, we want to go see this game." And yeah, I mean, it, I think that they would have to to get into this market, especially because this is historically. A 
in baseball city and now with the Stanley Cup win to get any kind of traction, they have to rely on partners. Sports uh, conspiracies with Rachel Littman. It's a new podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. I'm speaking with St. Louis Public Radio reporters Wayne Pratt and Rachel Littman and superfan Dennis Minner. Uh, Craig Berube, definitely the uh, large part of the thing that made this possible. Here's something that uh, his comments after last night's win. When you have to go through that, you learn to deal with things a lot better because you've been through them. And I think that's what, that really helped us uh, when we got into playoffs. Talking about the adversity of being in last place, uh, Dennis, do you think this team is built for multi-year success? Absolutely. Uh, Wayne and I were talking about that last night, and I think that the majority of this team is going to carry over. Uh, Armstrong finally made the announcement last night that they were no longer looking for a head coach. I think we've all known that for quite a while. <laughs> I missed that last night. I'm on <laughs> yeah, the air this morning yeah. saying still interim. Uh, so, I don't think uh, it's official yet, Wayne. Yeah, you're still, I, you know. I, I think Baruby's probably safe today. Yeah. Um, so I think going in that, I think this is definitely built up. You know, I'm not going to act like we're having a dynasty on our hand, but look, right now, I'm worried about right now, and <laughs> we're celebrating the Stanley Cup. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if if Bennington goes on to be the greatest goalie of all time, great. Um, if he's not as successful, thank you, Mr. Bennington, for helping us with the Cup this year. So. I mean, it is really, really hard to repeat in the National oh, Hockey absolutely. League. It is one of the longest playoff series. It's a very physical sport. But again, like Dennis said, the core of the team sticks around for at least one more year, and I think their draft classes have been pretty good, uh, too. Incredible. So Yeah, I mean, doing something like getting three cups in six years, that would be amazing if any, <laughs> if any team could do that. So we asked... Are, are, are we... Are we um, I, oh, I, I just want to move on to the next... <laughs> yeah, move there. on, please. We uh, we asked our we St. Louis on the air asked our Twitter followers to um, to summarize uh, their reaction last night in three words. And here are some of the responses. And um, so uh, we got uh, from Triangle Man said long time coming. Mary Jane Dom said lifetime dream realized. Molly Cruitt said, Gloria on repeat. John Grotz said, oh, my God. <laughs> Belly Itcher said, woke up kids. John Haney said, raise the cup. Uh, Jessica Martin said, grind, goals, Gloria. Dennis, you like any one of those more than the others? I, I will take all of the above. <laughs> I, like, I like grind, goals, Gloria. I mean, I think that sort of sums up game seven. Yeah, and, good point. And, and, and so where, what, what ha- I mean, the parade is on Saturday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, then what? Do we just enjoy it for a while and then wait till uh, t- till for next season? Does nothing please you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good question, but, but yeah. yeah, just enjoy it throughout the summer, and then training camp comes up. We'll see what happens. But the draft will be coming. That'll be important if they're going to make any major moves in the offseason that usually comes around that time. Uh, I'm talking about trades or whatever. So, But let's just enjoy it right now. But there will be stuff coming. Does does winning the Stanley Cup change their draft strategy? Does it make it easier for them to try to sign bigger name players? Does it change anything? Uh, I mean, if 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 Game Seven had gone a different way, does their draft strategy is it any different at all? I would think so because they came so close, and you would think there's just one more piece to get us over the top. Yeah. Uh, Since they got it done, and this seems to have worked once it finally got into gear, uh, I would be surprised if they 
move away from a strategy that appears to be successful. Well, and also they've got some of the draft picks there, some of the draft uh, selection they've had in the past. I mean, with, with Costin and some of these guys, I think some of these players they're holding on to because we've got a new team coming up with Seattle. So we don't want to lose some of those younger players uh, that's going to be coming up for that, for that draft choice for those teams. The parade is Saturday and will start at noon at 18th and Market and end at Broadway and Market. The rally will take place after at the Gateway Arch. Um, and I know that all over, Blues fans are just incredibly happy. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. KWMU.